Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Long Distance Work-Life Podcast, the show where we desperately try to make sense of remote and hybrid work and how things are changing while helping you keep the weasels at bay. Uh, my name is Wayne Termel. I am delighted to be here with you. I am a master trainer and coach at the Kevin Eikenberry Group. Marissa is not with us today. That is the sad news. The good news is we have somebody really interesting and terrific and somebody whose work I've known for a very long time. Uh, and we're going to talk about the bane of everyone's existence. We're talking about meetings. So uh, welcome, Rich Maltzman, all the way from Boston. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Wayne. And yeah, we're going to talk about the bane of your existence. <laughs> well, first of all, who are you? Why do we care? And then tell me about your book. Yeah, so this, uh, well, Rich Malsman, I am a master lecturer at Boston University now following a 40-year career at uh, Nokia and its uh, antecedent companies all the way back to an ancient firm called Western Electric. Um, and now um, I have um, at any given time 250, 300 uh, graduate students studying project management. And in the interim, um, I've been consulting and uh, co-authoring books, one a few years ago with Jim Stewart um, about facilitating great project meetings, and then a follow-up to that, uh, which is called Great Meetings, Build Great Teams. And that's why I'm here, I think. Oh, but the book is so much a longer title than that, because it's actually Great Meetings, Build Great Teams, A Guide for Project Leaders and Agilists. Yes. And I've had meetings that are shorter than that title. Yes, but subtitles are good, right? Because they pull in the particular audience we want. And I really am focusing on this idea of project leadership versus project management. And that feeds into the idea of uh, building great teams. A, a good leader, a good manager manages, gets by. A leader develops followers. A leader gets um, influence on others or has influence on on others and inspires them to be interested in the project. And we think meetings, instead of being a bane of the existence, can be a place where you're building that influence and you're building that followership. Well, you're absolutely right. And I love that you're focusing on project leaders because that's really where a lot of remote work, as we know it currently, got its start, right? Was yes. in the tech world, Agile and, and other things, but more importantly, you know, projects would come together and they would hire people from wherever they could find them. Yes. And very often they were geographically dispersed. And so a lot of what we learned about what makes remote work happens, happened through the project management world. Yeah. In, in fact, projects uh, are the touch point where strategy um, meets operations, right? So a company has a vision and a mission. They've got ideation. They've got a culture. All of that ivory tower stuff comes down to a strategy, and that strategy now needs to get executed, whether it's building a series of buildings, whether it's writing a bunch of apps. Um, that organization um, focuses on a strategy to get stuff done so that every day that there are people using the app, driving over the bridge. It's projects that are at that touch point. So that's a project, that's an advertisement for project management. Um, I would rather focus on what project managers actually end up doing, like it or not, which is bringing people together via meetings. Well, 
Yes, and so that brings me to the title, which is great meetings build great teams, which is yeah. not great meeting, you know, great teams have great meetings. It's that the meetings themselves have a function beyond just information transfer. When you say that great meetings build great teams, this is your permission to go down the rabbit hole. What are we talking about here? Okay, so some meetings are purpose-built for building a team, a kickoff meeting. One of the main uh, drivers for a project is to bring everyone together from the different silos and say, we are all working together, you from marketing, you from sales, you from engineering and technical fields, installation, programming, whatever the different functions are that are needed to do this, um, which are typically silo-fied, if that's a word. Um, it is now. Been, it is now. Um, have been brought together for the distinct purpose of your project. And you, Mr. or Ms. Project Manager, are the person chartered with getting action from those people, even though they don't often report to you. So specifically, a kickoff meeting is a place to first build the team. But I think the thread of the book, thanks in part to the chapter you helped co-author, is the fact that throughout the meet throughout the project you will need ongoing meetings the the infamous status meeting or update meetings stand-up meetings in the world of agile the team needs to continue to be built and fed and watered if you make a plant analogy um, throughout the life of the project it will wither and die if you have this great you know you buy it from their plant shop and you put it in your office and it looks like a beautiful plant three weeks later it's drooping and brown because it hasn't been cared for. It's that continuous support of the team and the continuous fueling of a team spirit that um, we think the book actually gives you some advantage to do in the non-kickoff meetings, which are also really, really important, uh, especially in a longer project. Uh, right. So let, I'm going to break this down into a couple of pieces. Yeah. Talk to me about what happens in that kickoff meeting. What are the very practical, tactical things that a leader should ensure happens. And I notice I didn't say the leader has to do. I just Correct. said the leader ensures happens. Correct. Yeah, we talk about the role of the project leader as a facilitator. And one of the things, this is a side note, but I'll get to your question, is that the project manager running a meeting often has someone, um, should have someone taking notes and, and kind of looking at the body language um, and who's paying attention and so forth, uh, kind of a, a deputy uh, in the in the meeting so that the project manager can keep that meeting focused on, and here's the answer to your question, um, the, the purpose of the project. Why are we here together at this meeting? But more importantly, why are we here together as project team members? Why we value each of these different contributors, uh, you, Mr. Installer, you, Ms. Marketing Person, why you are fundamental to the success of the project. So at that kickoff meeting, it should it should really focus, well, I like to go to number two of uh, uh, the, the seven habits of highly effective people. Begin with the end in mind. You should be, at that point, if you have something you can physically show for your visual folks, that this is what we're building, right? Maybe a mock-up of an app, maybe a, a model of an apartment building. This shining example, this is what we're heading for. Right. Um, so to answer your question, the purpose of that kickoff meeting is to assure that people understand what success looks like 
and why it's important to them and why it's important to them and ties in with the mission of the organization. This is that really important golden thread from mission, vision, and values to daily operations that sometimes gets broken. What? <clears throat> hmm. What do you think we've learned? Agile is one of those things that everybody talks about and very few people actually understand. Yes. Uh, for those of us who are not, you know, deep in the agile uh, code building kind of world, mm -hmm. what do you think agile has brought both positive and negative uh, to those of us who are just running meetings and trying to lead our teams and yeah. so i would say first of all and uh, and my colleague and co-author jim would would also make the argument that agile is not just for software development he's been uh working uh, in pharmaceuticals um with developers of new medicines that uh, use this technique um so it's it is of course most applicable in software development but to your point um, I think one of the things Agile brought along, it's a mindset. It brought along a mindset that um, the development is development of whatever it is, is iterative. Try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, fail, and then succeed, as opposed to having a long-term plan that takes everything into account uh, and then um, executes that plan. Now, I'm going to give you my philosophy here. I, I think, like many things these days, we've become polarized and that there are people who are um, evangelists for the waterfall or predictive method. There are those who are evangelists for the agile method, and they each think the opposite is terrible. And yet, they have so much more in common than either would admit. Um, I have a three-word mantra for this. Use what works. Now, specifically, agile has added some really cool tools that I use all the time. Kanban boards, Jira as a piece of software that helps you manage. It's how we wrote our book. We wrote the book using Jira um, as software that helps us see what's being done, what needed to be done, and so forth. Stand-up meetings, the whole concept of having a meeting that's intended to be so short that your legs would be tired if it goes too long. There's no chairs. So the concept of a stand-up meeting, we cover these in, in the book. Um, and there is no reason in the world that a waterfall project, so-called um, uh, predictive uh, project, couldn't use some of the techniques from the Agile world. And oh, by the way, there's no reason, in my opinion, that if a Gantt chart works for a uh, an Agile project, that you shouldn't be forbidden from ever even thinking about any words that start G-A-N-T-T. -T. So um, I'm a big believer in the idea of moderation uh, of harmony, <laughs> of, um, of not evangelizing either side of the of that equation. Um, but so to your question, Agile has brought some great meaning techniques. They use some fancy words. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they don't talk about a war room where you have a room that has uh, progress charts and uh, and so forth. They they call it an information radiator, right? So in Agile, they brought in some terms that are meaningful, right? But they're, they're not foreign to me as an older person who was raised in the predictive world. Um, I just see it, I see it as another way of thinking about how you communicate. You are an information rate or you can provide information radiation. Well, and, and while that is a lovely term and I 
you know, I kind of dig it. I also am a firm believer in, I don't care what you call it, Fred, for all I care, as long yeah. as it gets done. Use and, what works. And, and that is is kind of where we are. Now, one of the themes in the book, and I was happy to contribute my Thank you. piece to it, but the really important thing is I think we get hung up today on meetings are either in-person or virtual and that they are somehow completely different animals. Right. They, they, you need to acknowledge a virtual meeting has its own characteristics, as you so eloquently, you and your uh, partner have so eloquently expressed. Um, but the same principles apply. Um, so although uh, a virtual meeting like the one we're having now requires that we both have reasonable lighting and audio and so forth, and these are important things that are pointed out in the book in that chapter and beyond, um, some of the other things, most of the other things, apply 100%. Be large and in charge. Be aware, and I'll talk about these later, of meeting goblins, those evil spirits that take over people and have them behave in different ways uh, at meetings. These, these same meeting goblins uh, have no problem logging in to a virtual meeting and uh, becoming Billy the Bully or Sandeep the Showboat. So... Um, the same principles apply. What's different is the overhead and the considerations of the fact that you have someone in a different time zone, you have someone in a different um, physical re uh, region, um, you have someone with different culture who may not want to show their face uh, in a virtual meeting, and you should take that into account too. So there's a there's some overhead um, with with a virtual meeting, but the principles of good facilitation apply. Excellent. So let's get to the fun part, which is talk to me about the goblins. Uh, <laughs> so these were introduced in our first book. Um, the idea is very simple and it's very easy. If you drive a car or even ride a bike, but mostly drive a car, you're familiar with this idea. Um, when you're driving your car and uh, someone is weaving down the highway and or cutting you off, my guess is that even if you're a really nice person, you are saying some words that you normally don't say to that person. In fact, you might even be that person who's doing the weaving because your personality changes somehow when you turn from pedestrian to driver. I don't think that some of the things that you use gestures for and, and say nastily as you're driving, you, you would not say if you were just walking down the street. The point is, that you take on a different personality sometimes when you get in your car. I notice it for myself, I will admit. That same thing happens in meetings. There are people who enter a meeting room and for some reason become the person who doesn't speak at all or the person who is talking in the back of the room, you know, on the side, kind of making uh, comments on the side. Or you're the person who kind of seems to want to take over the meeting. You love the stage. Um, that personality comes out and we've actually tried to express that on the cover which those of you in audio will have to listen to this um, there are shadows behind some of the people on the uh, attending the meeting on the cover because they have those personalities coming out and that's shown with this kind of this idea of a shadow which was a great idea by christina carlson our canadian artist um, so she she pictured this after we talked with her about what we wanted our cover to look like and it's perfect this is what we see people doing. And we have 
something like nine goblins in the book. Uh, Rosie the Reticent is one that we added this time. This is the person who has that great idea or has that admonition when you're doing uh, risk identification or even when you're not doing risk identification and she won't raise her hand. She's shy. She's afraid maybe because of a lack of psychological safety. That's something that she needs to say about this thing that we're doing. This is wrong. Um, and she needs to be heard. Um, and so as a facilitator, and this is for project meetings, but also for any meetings, I think this book actually could apply to a wider audience. We've aimed it at project managers, but um, that person needs to be heard and you need to encourage her to, be, to, to realize it's a safe environment where she can raise her hand, even if she has to say, I'm speaking as a devil's advocate. So that's a, that's a goblin, right? It's a quiet goblin. But that's a goblin. You also have noisy goblins like Billy the Bully. This is the person who craves the stage and wants to just get up and speak. And basically they've hijacked the meeting. As a project manager, you need to, you need to, you need to sometimes be very direct with that person and say, Billy, this is an excellent point. We can have a separate meeting about it, but we have a specific set of things we need to accomplish in this meeting. We'll set aside time for you later, but right now I need to take the meeting back. And you need to be direct with a person like that. Yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, they call it leading a meeting for a reason, that yes. there are some leadership things that have to happen. One of the things, and this is not a goblin that you mentioned, but it's something that I have to be aware of, is sometimes meeting behavior passes through the leader's filter, right? And so somebody might look like Billy the Bully. I mean, I have one behavior that I see all the time, which is the team lawyer. And this is the person who looks like they're dominating the meeting. And in their mind, they're asking the questions or saying the things that nobody else is. Mm -hmm. So you have to hear them. <laughs> right. right? You so you them. have to hear them and <laughs> you have to right. give other people the chance as well. And that can be a little bit of a tricky Right. That. And leadership, and one of the points we make, leadership can also involve, and sometimes this is a physical, visual thing, tearing up the agenda and say, look, I'm this, this new topic we brought up is so urgent and important that we have to face it now. And you literally tear up the agenda and say, I think at this point, we'll table the other things. Let's focus on this. This has to be addressed now. This is an urgency to this. There's an importance to this. That's maybe it's safety related that we have to address right now. And there are times now you don't do that all the time. Uh, one of the th points we make also is that as a project manager slash leader and a meeting facilitator, your judged on the way the meeting goes. So you walk out of a meeting where let's say Phil is running the meeting and Phil's doing a lousy job. You know what the scuttlebutt, the murmuring, the buzz will be as people are walking in the room. He can't even manage a meeting. How is he going to manage this project? So there's a contagious There's a <laughs> relationship. There's a contagion between the way you act at the meeting and the way you're perceived as a project leader. That's really important because you are being judged, like it or not, and the way you run the meeting is going to con is going to contage <laughs> to the way you're perceived as being a project uh, manager, right? From that from that perspective, and um, so it's it's very very incumbent on you to either 
gain these facilitation skills, and we think this book will help. It's not the only one, but we think this book, we assert that this book would help, or and or have a facilitator, hire someone, maybe Wayne, who is really good at facilitation, and have them, if it's an important enough meeting, have a facilitation person oversee the meeting so that you can do the the some of the other things you might tend to do as a project manager. Ideally, you're both. Now, time has escaped us, and we are going to have to end it here. I, I do want to put a pin in something that Rich has said a couple of times, kind of alluded to it, the notion of have somebody take the notes, have somebody else write on the whiteboard so that your brain is free to do what you're doing. It's okay. You can leave the meeting. It doesn't mean you have to do everything yourself. And as a matter of fact, for all kinds of reasons, probably shouldn't. That being said, uh, Rich, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to boot you out of the room while I close the show. You and I can continue our yep. uh, conversation afterwards. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you are interested in the book, Great Meetings, Build Great Teams, a guide for project leaders and agilists, we will have links to Phil and Jim and the work on our show notes at uh, longdistanceworklife.com. I am going to boot Phil out of here. While I thank you for listening, I really hope you found value in today's conversation. There is so much to be said about meetings and making hybrid and remote work more effective. If you are interested in how your teams can handle this kind of thing, check out Kevin Eikenberry and my new book, The Long Distance Team, Designing Your Team for Everyone's Success. Uh, you can get special offers and bonuses at longdistanceteambook.com. You are experienced podcast listeners, I am sure, even if you haven't listened to this one before, please like and subscribe, help other people find us. Uh, we are open to your comments, your feedback. Uh, what do you want to hear? What are your pet peeves? What topics should we cover? You can contact me or Marissa through email or uh, through LinkedIn. The notes, links, everything will be in the show notes. That's it. We're running long. I am going to leave you. My name is Wayne Turmel. Don't let the weasels get you down. We'll see you in the next episode.